Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. Jonathan Martin is back with us this afternoon from Politico. He wrote something about Joe Biden, and uh, I want to explore that with you here. Jonathan, how are you this afternoon? Well, thanks for having me on. Just so sorry to hear about the shooting out in KC. Just uh, tragic. Ugh, it just uh, makes me sick. Yeah, I mean, and I'm, I'm just hoping. I mean, what, you say one dead, that's good news, uh, but it's it's not good news for the family member of that of that person. Hey, before I get to some of the stuff with Biden and the nomination and the conspiracy theories that I think you blew up somewhat appropriately, well, what's your take? There was a special election to replace George Santos last night in New York. This did not go the way of the Republicans. Is there significance to the result of that vote beyond what happened in that particular district in New York? Well, special elections tend to favor Democrats these days because they, they tend to draw out the most highly engaged uh, uh part of the electorate uh, that, that tends to prefer Democrats at, at this moment, uh, just by pure uh, demographics. Um, you know, that said, I think anytime you flip a seat, it's probably good for the party that's out of power, that's trying to take back power, which in this case is the, the Democrats in the House. Um, so I, I don't put too much into it, but certainly if you're the, the Democrats and you won by eight, what you thought would be a nail biter going in, pro- probably you know, a, a pretty good outcome. Yeah, I would, I would say, look, you know, if uh, from from my side of the equation, when I look at some of these races and you could even go back to, to some of the midterms, that there was a lot of expectations for the Republicans to perform better than they did. And I think the track record is that that has not happened. Now, I always, you know, allow this to go to the quality of the candidate. I don't remember. Yes. I don't know much about that Republican challenger sometimes. Yeah. You know, this guy yeah. that ran against her, I think it was better known, better name recognition. And that helps no. in and of itself. Yes. Yes, right. Yeah, much better known Democrat against a very little known Republican. Uh, the Democrat who won the seat uh, was in Congress before. He was a county uh, uh, official. He had run statewide. Uh, very well known last name up there and, and sort of had a, a real grasp for that district, kind of a home game for him politically. But I think the big picture implications are, you know, obviously, how do Democrats handle the twin issues of immigration and crime, especially in suburbia? And he you know, did it pretty deftly or well enough to at least win um, this special election. Now, we'll see if that applies uh, you know, you know, nationwide this fall. But first test case on Long Island, classic suburban district, the Democrat won and kind of defused those attacks. On those issues, yeah. crime and immigration. Jonathan Martin from Politico. Okay, so you you write a piece that the headline says, "Get used to it. Biden isn't going anywhere." The GOP fantasy crowd is so accustomed to conspiracy theories that they're betting the Democrats will switch candidates at the last minute. Have they actually paid attention to politics? So about six months ago, this would probably go yeah. back to August or September. Yeah. Sean Spicer's a regular guest on my show. Yeah. And I'm talking with Spicer, and I'm saying, "Look, Sean, how about these scenarios?" And he just cut me off right away. He goes, "Not going to happen." Biden's going to be the guy. This was six months ago, and and he just refused. Now, there is a little bit of a difference because the narrative has even changed more dramatically after next last Thursday. But you still say, look, it's it's basically one reason is it's too late, right? Yeah, look, politics 
in 2024 is not Netflix. It's not a streaming episode that all of us can binge like, um, you know, True Detective uh, or something like that. Uh, it'd be more fun for folks like us if, if it, it was, was right. But it's not. It's a much more scripted, predictable um, uh, you know, sort of do no harm uh, type uh, type uh, you know affair. Look, Joe Biden is an incumbent president. Yes, he's eighty one, going on eighty two. Yes, his numbers are terrible. Yes, there are wide doubts about whether or not he could serve a full second term. But in this moment, Democrats are so shaped by their fear of Donald Trump that they're just not going to rock the boat. They'd rather stick with somebody with dismal numbers than take a chance on an alternative. And I just can't overstate how much Trump is the animating force here for Democrats. They just don't want to do anything that undermines or weakens Biden. And so, you know, to to the folks who say that Biden is going to be dumped, I say – if that was going to happen, you know, wouldn't you be able to find one Democratic governor or senator out there who was calling for that? And you can't. You can't, although I think since last Thursday, you're finding a lot more voices publicly. Look, I'd throw in Bob Costas from here in St. Louis, who goes yeah. on Bill Maher's show. You have the New York Times yeah. and several pieces. Yeah. So and, and here's what, two two days before your piece was out in Politico, this is what they said. And I'm it kind of falls in line with, with what your playbook is. But they said, look, short of in, incapacitation or highly unlikely convention floor revolt, there's only one practical plan B, and that's that Biden himself agreeing to hand over the baton. He's a proud man whose ego has been shaped by the experience of winning election. So he would actually have to say, look, um, I." and they, they gave a bit of a pathway where he says he can insist that he's okay to serve out another term, but he accepts the public concerns with a president who would be 86 at the end of his second term. Now, your, your position on this is, yeah, that's a possibility, but that ain't going to happen, right? Yeah, I, there are two ways this doesn't happen. The first way is an act of God. There's some kind of a health issue, which obviously, you know, who can speak to that besides a higher power? The other way that, that Biden isn't on the ballot is that he decides he's not going to run again. And I just have a hard time seeing the latter right now because there's no forcing mechanism to make him do that. His family's on board. Uh, the leaders of his party are on board, and he wants to run again. You know, people don't give up the presidency. It's um, it's the kind of job where once you have it and once you try to get it for as long as Biden has, you want to keep it uh, no matter the extenuating circumstances. And um, I, I just think that it's, it's going to be very difficult for him um, to walk away from this. Now, the other thing I would say is, again, I come back to Trump. Uh, if Trump was not the Republican nominee, I think that at, maybe then some Democrats would be willing to say publicly, hey, maybe you know pushing Joe ahead for one last go isn't the best idea. But as long as Trump is the, the GOP nominee, I think Biden is going to be the Democratic nominee. But, but you also know that while they're not saying this publicly, everybody kind of knows what they're dealing with, right? Of course. I talk to members of Congress, governors all the time about this. They're they're deeply alarmed about Biden's standing and and about their prospects this fall. They but they don't want to say anything publicly because, A, they don't want to weaken Biden. And B, the perceived penalty, if you're a Democrat for speaking out about Joe Biden's capacity, is pretty severe. And they don't want to pay a public price in their own party for daring to stick their head up.
So you you alluded in your piece, and I don't know what the uh, what the scoop is on this, and I, I don't know if you have the full picture, but you alluded yeah. to the fact that the Obamas and the the Obama team and the Biden team, and I don't know if you're talking about two different things versus Joe and Barack, you know, a Biden team versus Obama team, that they're yeah. not exactly on the same page with all this stuff these days. Yeah, look, the the idea of the 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 Biden and Obama kind of bromance was always overstated. You know, when when Obama was president, that, that was always a sort of for public consumption issue. Look, you know, they had a a close enough relationship as presidents and VPs go, but the nature of that relationship in every administration is always awkward, just because you know inherently the VP wants the job of the president, right? And it, it, it's a political political relationship. And so the idea that like that that Obama somehow can go tap Joe on the shoulder and tell him it's time to go is completely misguided because it, it, it doesn't understand the fraught nature of their their relationship. And by the way, don't take it from me. Biden writes about this in his book after the vice presidency where he recounts how Obama and Obama's top advisors nudged him aside to clear a path for Hillary in 2015 and 2016. So I just raised this because this is one of the scenarios. Well, you know, Obama is going to play the heavy here and push Joe aside. If Obama even tried that, there would be a massive backlash from Biden and his inner circle because there's already tension there between those two camps dating back to when Biden wanted to run in 16 and got nudged aside for Hillary. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.